Well, hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Voices of Social Change. My name is Josh Shookman, and this is the podcast where we share the stories of social entrepreneurs and the movements they create. So whether you're an aspiring change agent or a cause-based leader, this is the podcast dedicated to you, where we get you the resources and the tools you need to create business that makes a dollar and a difference. Hey again, and welcome to today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Real quick, before we break into our interview, just want to highlight, if you're not already a part of the community at Social Change Nation, please come join us there. It's Social Change Nation that puts on this podcast, and this podcast really represents the heart of Social Change Nation, our our heartbeat of our movement is really this podcast where we share these stories. But our overall goal is to build a community of social entrepreneurs and change agents. That's what we're all about at Social Change Nation. And we want you to become a part of that. This movement is really your movement. And we want you to become engaged and to join these stories, to comment on these podcasts, to keep up with us. And the best way to do that is to run to socialchangenation.com. And you can link up with us, sign up. I will send you a newsletter. We do that two times a month. Uh, We certainly don't inundate you with, with things up here but we do try to keep you up to date in terms of what's going on with cause-based business, social entrepreneurship, and keep that conversation going and make sure we get you the tools and the resources you need as you're either building your movement or working toward building your movement. As a bonus, when you sign on as well, uh, we will give you a totally free gift, a guide we've created, the 10 keys to building a successful cause-based business. These are lessons we've learned interviewing social entrepreneurs from all over the world. Again, that's yours for free. I just sign on and we don't inundate you. It's just a matter of signing on. It allows us to keep you up to date in terms of what's going on in the Social Change Nation community and what's going on with this podcast at at Voices of Social Change. Also allows you, by the way, to join the conversation. We do this podcast as a conversational component. We want you to be a part of it. We want you to come in and comment on the podcast we do and let us know if there are other movement leaders that you think we should interview. If you would like to be interviewed, we would love to share your story. Again, this is a community. Everything that we do at Voices of Social Change with the podcast and at Social Change Nation, again, our website, socialchangenation.com, everything we do is designed, dedicated to building that community. And so we want you to become a part of it. Easiest way to do that is run to socialchangenation.com and you'll see how to link up with us. Also, you can see all of our old podcast episodes, listen in to any topics that interest you and, and feel free to comment and again, join that conversation. So we'd love to have you as part of that. Okay, without further ado, let's go ahead and tune in for today's interview. Hi, ladies and gents. Welcome to the Social Biz Showcase podcast, broadcasted proudly from the Kansas City Startup Village. Um, I'm here today with Jen Shaw. Really excited for this interview. This is actually my first in-person interview. Most of my other interviews are on Skype. Uh, So I'm fortunate enough to have Jen here in my office as my first in-person guest. So really excited about that. (laughs) Well, Jen Shaw, she and I just had a really great conversation this morning about a lot of different issues. So I'm really excited to chat through some of what we talked about here today and just kind of hear Jen's story and give her a chance to, to share a bit about it. 
it. Uh, Jen is coming to the Startup Village to kind of help us get our act together over here. <laughs> throw, throw things in, in line. Definitely helped me out a lot. A lot of insights uh, for me today. But Jen, I'll let her tell more of her full story. But Jen Shaw uh, is out of New York City and works with Bella Minds, which is an organization focused on tech education, um, specifically for women. Is that right, Specifically Jen? for women. Okay. Sounds, sounds great. So, Jen, like I said, I just wanted to give everyone just kind of a quick nutshell version of who you are. But I want to let you take the mic now and just tell us a little bit about yourself personally, first of all, yeah. and then talk to us about Bella Minds and your organizations in New York City. Sure. So personally, um, I am I am based out of New York City, um, and I spend a lot of time in kind of quote unquote what we call rural areas, specifically to take tech education to mid-career rural women so that we can enable them to kind of work, live, and learn, and lead uh, using the power of technology. So we want to make sure that they're using technology in both their personal and their professional lives for whatever that means. So kind of my history, why I care about that is specifically because I come from a very rural area um, where there weren't a lot of opportunities or resources or even really a lot of talk or energy around, um, you know, learning and tech, you know, tech and just kind of whatever that world would be. But then being in New York for so long, you kind of surround yourself and have built large organizations in New York uh, with New York tech women. And you live in these two very different worlds. You know, uh, you know, New York City has every possible resource, has companies flocking, people flocking. And then you see uh, you go back home and you say, oh, look, what's happening here? Um, and generally our first reaction is like, oh, this is exactly why I left. And I'm a firm believer that that is exactly why we have to go back, at least in some capacity. Um, so that's a that's sort of my personal story with that. Um, but Bella Minds really kind of came from uh, a need of uh, an outlet to grow out of uh, sort of outside of New York City. Um, we, we were building up really great organizations and doing a lot of work for women, um, but we, we knew that we wanted to do more. Gotcha. No, great, great. And we will definitely unpack the, the specific details of Bella Minds here in just a few, but wanted to get kind of a, a bird's eye view. And and I love, you know, for the audience that doesn't know, Jen and I, we really uh, bonded over the whole small town background. Yeah. I haven't mentioned this before, but I'm from a small town too. And, and same thing, same kind of mentality. I, I, I loved growing up there, love what I do now. I, I love cities now, but uh, always have kind of a mind towards, uh, you know, what can I do to, to bring what I've learned back? And, and that definitely influenced a lot of, of what I've done along the way too. Yeah. So yeah, I love that, love that yeah. perspective. Yeah. Well, so Jen, we here at Change Nation, we're, we're all about inspiration. Uh, so what I want you to do now is, is help us get the motivational, inspirational ball rolling by just a, a quote that you have, uh, can be from someone else, but something that you have in your mind that really you think drives what you do. Oh, a, a quote that comes to mind um, that drives what I do? I don't think I can say it on it. <laughs> <laughs> how, how about how about a PC quote that drives what Bella Mines does? Um, what Bella Mines does. Yeah, yeah. Um, someone once asked me, you know, what what is leadership? Um, and, you know, what defines a good leader? And my immediate, like, not even thoughtful process, but now I've given a lot of time and energy, was it was helping others. And it was um, even if it's one person. And that's kind of our concept of Bella Minds is that, you know, leadership is as women in technology and city environments, um, it really is our responsibility to help others. So I think you know, what is leadership and is helping others. That's probably the one thing that drives me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I love that mindset. And the thing I love most about these interviews is hearing themes develop. And everyone I've interviewed will come back at some level to talk about helping others, serving others. And you really hit on something 
too that a lot of folks have hit on is this idea of if you've helped one person, you've, you've changed the world. And that's what matters. And, and I love that perspective because so many people get afraid, I think, to get involved because they don't feel like they can make a difference. But having that perspective, and it's a perspective I've heard from lots of folks, yeah. is, is really important. Well, specifically when we talk about working with women, um, we use the word impact a lot. Um, specifically because when while men are, are differences in genders or we're excited about, you know, change or money or drive or power or growth or kind of things like that. But over and over again, if you, you generally talk to women, their, their conversation is, I want to make an impact. But when you remind them that you can make an impact on one person and you've made an impact, it goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so we, we've, we've talked about this, but I just want to dig in just a little bit more. I think I have an idea of what this is. But for you, what would you say is your central inspiration for your work? I know we, we've kind of heard a quote, but what inspires you to keep going every day despite the odds? Um, my best friend. Okay. <laughs> my best friend. Um, so sort of like the story behind Bella Mines is that uh, I was living in this like very successful life in New York City. I would go home and I would see like my lifelong best friend who was, you know, barely making, you know, eight or nine dollars an hour, you know, working 60 or 70 dollars um, or 60 or 70 hours a week in a kitchen, just really doing everything she can to provide for her family and realize that technology can move the needle in ways that we never thought possible. Right. If we can make sure that she has skills that she can go from working 850 an hour to 1050 or 1850 an hour and that technology then because those are higher paying jobs and you know higher skilled jobs if we can give and deliver that education um that how much that actually moves the needle for a family yeah yeah. Great. That's, and that's, that's why I keep going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Another theme right there. Everyone I've talked to so far, they always have a, a personal story, a personal connection that really drives them forward and, yeah. and keeps them moving. I mean, I, I know I have mine too. And, and it's just something that, you know, on those rough days when everything doesn't seem to be working out, that's, yep. that's what you remember and yep. what keeps you, you driving. Call so. and you say like, why am I doing this? <laughs> and she's pretty good at like, because of me. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I love that. I, I love that. That, that source of inspiration is, yeah. is so important. So yep. I, I love talking about that. So we'll go ahead and get a little more specific now in terms of the, the structure of, of Bella Mines because we want we definitely want to chat about that. Can you talk first, Jen, and tell us what distinguishes Bella Mines as a social venture, you know, as opposed to something that might be a traditional entrepreneurial venture? What what distinguishes sure. that? Um, I mean, we consider the the education probably is our our biggest element of social of social change. We do believe that education changes the world, so I guess that's what I align to. If that when you're teaching others, no matter what the skill you're changing the world. So that's kind of how I would define our parts of social. Okay. Okay. And how do you measure that, that social impact? Um, right now. So we did launch in October. We did our first class in February. So I think ultimately our measure will be like the actual progression of all of our students as a, as a whole. <laughs> so we have a limited number now and we're kind of growing that base. But I think our measurement is that when we turn students into new leaders where they're then teaching someone else. I think that will be like the ultimate interaction. Creating mentors. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. I, I love that. And I think you have a really unique advantage. And we've talked about, we talked about this before. Tech education can move someone, can move the needle for someone in terms of, of income. And a lot of these organizations that I work with, they do kind of struggle to measure that social impact. But I like how you have, you know, turning people into mentors is one way, but also you, you could, I, I think, look at the difference in income along the road. We, we could. Um, we're pretty careful um, not to sort of pre, pre-prescribe why they would want to come through one of our courses. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so 
they could want to start a venture of their own, whether okay. profit or nonprofit. They could just want to be able to keep up with their kids better. Um, maybe they just want to like uh, give back into their you know faith communities more. Maybe they just want to um, really. Uh, just know what other people know and it's really just an inherent knowledge um so we're pretty pretty open right um and making sure that our student path sort of has like multiple ends right that they're coming in from from varied backgrounds homeschool moms retired teachers current teachers you know uh, business executives small business owners you name it and they'll come in with sort of all of these different backgrounds but we actually don't pre-prescribe go get a job in technology okay um but ultimately it would be nice to be able to prove at least to some of our students who wanted that that they did have a raise in income got it um so far we're, we're just still navigating kind of that end to end yeah no i i love that perspective too that that a lot of times and it was this is my perspective even until now just what you mentioned a lot of times we kind of want to put the measurement on it but yeah. it, it may be different depending on each person what they want to take out of it and what they want to accomplish and, and we need to yeah. be Mo- to. most of my students like sort of the, the general quote if you will is that i came in thinking i would learn technology and i came out learning about myself yeah I love that. I'd say if, if you can do that, you've accomplished a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we did a very good job at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Great, great stuff. Well, talk to me more then about this specific issue, tech education for, for women. We've heard a little bit about that, but talk to me about why you see that as a pressing social problem. Yeah, so um, it actually is just even a little bit bigger than just women. Um, while I have a background in kind of women's studies and working um, with single gender environments. Um, I think it goes kind of hand in hand when we say mid-career and rural women. Um, so that's like three very big elements, right? If you are mid-career, you're sort of of an age. Um, and we and we try not to pre-designate an age, but rather a stage in life. Um, and if you're rural, that's a very special user group as well. Mm-hmm. And then if you're a woman, right? And so it's sort of like three very, very specific user groups. Um, so working in women only um, environments, we created a class because we know that single gender learning environments, both for young girls as well as for adult women, have deeper impact. Uh, they're more engaged in class. They're more willing to share. They're more willing to ask questions. They're more confident. And like at the end result, it's just a much, much higher success rate. Um, so that is why we sort of focus on women um ideally what we're teaching is applied to anyone and everyone um and i would like to expand someday we are teaching the world um but you sort of have to start somewhere um and it's a space that i've 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 spent a lot of energy in so that's sort of why just women okay why the other parts are different (laughs) (laughs) got it yeah no great great stuff and 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 definitely it sounds like you 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 had that background in in tech again kind of coming back to the personal connection you you've had that connection you've had that connection to that world and and seen the opportunities it created for you i I think it was a piece of it too yeah definitely Uh, my mom was a you know a technologist of nature Mm -hmm. um and she taught me how to be a technologist um at a very early age and so yeah it was always just sort of something in my dna that made um me appreciate the power that technology and communication and growth and and things like that gives you awesome 
Yeah. Well, you taught me a lot in just a couple hours about technology. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. So, so talking more about the, the structure of mm-hmm. Bella Mines, uh, some of the organizations that, that I interview have just a, a straightforward for-profit structure, some a nonprofit, and then, then there are a lot of hybrid organizations somewhere in the middle. So could you talk to us a little bit about your structure, how you chose it, and how successful you've seen that working for you so far? Um, yeah. So I'm strictly for-profit, so okay. private for-profit education. Mm-hmm. Um we chose for profit specifically to set an example. So one of the things that we see over and over again is um, women not sort of recognizing their value or worth. You know, 77 cents on the dollar, are they being paid? Um, they're being funded in terms of their companies. It's, you know, a fraction of the rate that men are. And so we realized that uh, it's, it's probably both, you know, very, very real problems, but also kind of a, a mental block of, of women acknowledging that profit is okay. Right. Um, and we see this a lot that, that when we talk about a social venture, if you're a woman presenting, you know, something that I'm doing and it sounds like it has social or cause base to it, like, oh, that sounds like a nice project or that sounds like a nice nonprofit, like, oh, is your nonprofit, et cetera. And the way that we actually speak to women about the things that they're working on. Um, it was very, very important to me that we were a for-profit structure um, to set that example and remind women that there is no shame in doing good work and making money at the same time. Got it. Sounds good. My screen just went away, so I'm going to have to get it back. There we go. <laughs> okay, now I'm set with the next question. Okay. Um, like I said, first live interview happened to work out a few of the, like the bugs. Yeah. Okay. No, this I is, like this being is fun. first for things. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, the, the interaction is definitely different. I mean, you know, technology is fantastic, but I don't know that it'll ever be able to just replace a genuine no. face-to-face. Yeah. Uh, good segue, because actually we do live education specifically for that reason. That's right. Yeah, I wanted to so talk, talk about, about that transition. Bit more. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Tell me about this. You know, so um, you know, th- there Tell is us. something, right? That's a lot. Like, but there, there is. Uh, a lot about, you know, what you get out of, we talk a lot about the five senses, right? Like I can see you, I can hear you. If I wanted, you know, like I can touch, we can high five, probably can smell, right? Like when you talk about like senses, um, and you don't get that, um, in a, in a virtual learning situation. Um, and specifically it's just a much deeper impact when you can learn, um, in two directions. So you can learn from me. I can learn from you, right? Just like we can interact this way. Um, we believe that learning has that impact. Um, so Bella Mines was, was specifically built, um, as an alternative to online learning. Like we've talked, a lot about education being online, being accessible to the masses, like really sort of being anywhere and everywhere. We have every Ivy League putting classes online. We have every person putting education on YouTube, you name it. Um, but really, it just doesn't equate to the same level of interaction and completion that live learning models have. Um, without sort of taking into account for credit college classes or for work requirements, uh, about 7% of all online classes are completed. 7% of online classes are completed. So no matter how many millions of people that we're educating, if you're not completing the class, you've not really sort of gotten your mission through. And so that was a big factor for us is that we actually put people in a room to learn together. Good. 
that's that's Same phenomenal. Thing. Yeah, and, and so how we talked a little bit about this, but how do you you know you're reaching rural communities? Mm-hmm. How does that work logistically? It's really hard. <laughs> I'll be really honest. Um, yeah. Probably why I'm sitting in Kansas City at this very moment. Yeah. Um, so when we first start out, so talking about like you know social like the entrepreneurial part of of this, right? Uh, when you very first start out, you yeah, I started out with these grand plans that the beauty of New York is that no one's from there, right? <laughs> we're all from Nebraska. We're all from Kansas. We're all from like Ann Arbor. We're all from like Nashville. We're all from like South Dakota somewhere, right? Like, cause we really all had roots and we sort of flocked to the city to like make change or do big things. And so my first grand plan was I'm going to identify them in New York and they're going to basically lead me or introduce me back home. Mm-hmm. Um, small pivot works <laughs> works probably not like that um, we actually are learning that uh, through classes and just and, and just the programs that we've worked is that uh, the way that we will sort of get everywhere is that you have to actually have somebody on the ground so it's one of our biggest challenges that we've had is how do you identify sort of a an up-and-coming leader who's probably not on the cutting edge in terms of communication and technology, like branding themselves, visibility, and how do you have them become a part of your organization to sort of be the leader teaching others? And so our philosophy was leaders creating leaders. Um, if there's a you know a woman ideally in, in in rural America, rural South Dakota, rural Kansas, you know wherever it is. Um, and we give her the entire toolbox so that she on the ground, like in her home, can then deploy the classes. Okay. Okay. Um, so partnering with lo- local yes. members of the community to give the classes. Yep. That's terrific. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, we wanted to build up those leaders. Like we want there to be strong leaders in every community. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just want to give her all of the tools that we have at our disposal so she can do that. That's yeah. That's that's actually another thing too. Just across the board with folks I've talked to is building that local ownership and, and whatever yeah. the cause is is, is so critical. Yeah. I, I think it's it's critical for any kind of venture, but it's especially critical for okay. a social venture. Yeah, I think I think you're right. You're building a community, and that that's really important. So I love that love that aspect of it. Yeah, and then what we can do ultimately is bring all of those community leaders together in a, in a really fun like learning environment. Specific specific for them, special for sort of those leaders, um, which then sort of really bursts all of the hubs and all of the bubbles that we see across the country and really creates one good long, you know, one one wide net rather than just sort of have hubs all over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, great, great stuff. So, yeah, we, we, we've talked a lot about, uh, you know, the organization and, and we'll talk a little bit more about it, but I want to bring it back to you just for, for a minute here. Sure. Uh, folks involved in social change. One thing I've seen, we, we have a really hard time sometimes identifying uh, ourselves. In, in other words, what we do, you know, are we entrepreneurs? Are we directors of a nonprofit? Which, which way do we go? So I want you to talk just a little bit. How, how do you define yourself? Oh. And did you have any trouble coming to that? Oh, yeah. That identification? Um, talk to me about that struggle. Oh, good. Oh, struggle upon struggle. Um, so, uh, for the, I was talked out of it, but it was, uh, I remember actually the first time we were labeling me, um, for New York tech women. Um, and you know, what am I and, and what does that own? Cause it's, it's loosely an organization now kind of more formal nonprofit, which has, has more things to it. But when we very first started, I was like, 
I'm a founder. Like, <laughs> how did this happen? Um, and so that was that was definitely hard. Um, and so yeah, I I do f- now sort of after a few years. It actually was a very long time. The first time I ordered business cards, my designer talked me out of it. But I had put on my title it was like CEO, founder, and janitor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because you know that's just what happens when you're an entrepreneur. Like it's yeah. not you know. And to have C- call myself CEO like that is just the most inflated thing possible like how do we bring that down because i think one of the common things about like social based people is like is there is a sense of humbleness right like no matter what i do come from the midwest i'm going to probably be humble no matter how much i can brag about myself if i have to but it's like we're not putting ceo on like anything that is insane that's ridiculous um and uh, so now yeah no i fully align with a founder ceo entrepreneur um most days. <laughs> Most days. <laughs> Most days. What were um, the days? Um, the off days. Yeah, the off days. Um, I actually really align with just being a really good administrative assistant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really well organized. Um, yeah. Yep. I'm an assistant. Gotcha. I'll make a really good executive assistant someday. <laughs> gotcha. Well, this is, this is a new question that I've recently added, and I've really started to love it because I, I think we do. We, we, we struggle with that identity, and there's really interesting stuff going on. Uh, you know, for example, uh, wear, wear Panda, the Panda sunglasses we talked yeah. about. They have one of their people is called the lead zookeeper or something. So there's yeah. really interesting stuff, I think, going on with, with titles. And that, that point you made about this idea of humility is a really interesting piece in our space. I think we see a lot, too. Yeah. So it's just a really I'm not sure how I feel about the really like creative like uh names, you know, chief inspiration, chief happy officer, things like that. And I think that there's I think it's fun. I think it creates like a good sense of culture. Um I come from a very kind of structured and 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 background, so there's a part of me that still really aligns to, but I don't know who the chief happiness officer reports to. <laughs> I'm really confused. And so yeah. there's no matter what, there's sort of a sense of, you know, so at Bell Minds we have pretty you know, pretty traditional titles like director of research and we have director of operations and it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's pretty basic director of community. Um, just because I don't think I know what to do with some of that, like really fun energy. But, um, but I like people that use it. <laughs> <laughs> no, great. Yeah. I love hearing the different perspectives on this because yep. there's some really interesting stuff happening yeah. right now. Yeah. So, and you make me think about my chief inspiration officer title. Maybe I need to shift that around. I love, I love the, what was it? Something, something in janitor. I well, love it was that. like it was like founder, CEO, and janitor. And janitor, I love that because like that's what I am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'm definitely when I think about like when you know in our office it was you know it was definitely me that's like let me have like dishes and like I'm taking out the trash and you know somebody has to take care of the small things. Awesome, great stuff. Yeah. So. Coming back specifically to Bella Mines or just generally in your entrepreneurial, socially entrepreneurial journey, uh-huh. yes. <laughs> let's talk about the the accomplishment that you're most proud of along the way. What pops to your mind? Oh, wow. Um, the, the accomplishment that I'm probably most proud of is um, in our first class of Bella Mines, um, we actually um, brought people online at high speeds um so in our class we actually had students that were not online mm-hmm. um not participating in really in technology at, at, at really a very very level at all um and so through our coursework and through our program they actually prioritized that that being connected mattered 
And I think that was probably one of my more proud moments is that if I hadn't have gone through everything else that I had done, um, my work is actually bringing people online. Yeah. Um, you know, 15% of this country is actually offline completely um, of adults. Which, one is, in, which is shocking. One, one in seven American adults is offline. Yeah. One in seven. Yeah. Right. When you look around, you listen to this in a coffee shop, right? Like you don't see that. Um, but it's out there. It's out there. Yeah. So knowing that I actually like when you talk about metrics and moving the needle, that even if it was this, you know, just the smallest of bit, I moved it. Awesome. Love that. Thanks so, for sharing that. Yeah. So on the flip side of that, the entrepreneurial journey is full of ups and downs. So talk to us about a setback. Uh, we don't really believe in the word failure, but failure, if you will, uh, a setback yeah. along the journey that just yeah, you know, really learned. got you down. And yeah, what you learned from it, yeah, how you came back learned. from it. That's really what we wanted. Lessons know, is What it learned. was, how you came back. Um, lessons learned. Oh, God. How do you, how does anybody even come to just one of those? Um, <laughs> you know, I always ask for more money. Lesson learned. Um, so we did a, a fundraising campaign. We did a crowdfunding campaign um, on a platform called Plum Alley. Uh, and we raised uh, $28,692 $28, from 273 people. Okay. Those were our numbers. You know will, the number well. <laughs> I will take them to my grave. Um, you know, and so I... Uh, I remember sort of like, oh, like we can do this on like a few thousand. We can do this, like, you know, whatever it was. Um, lesson learned, like always ask for more money. Um, you know, no matter what kind of what you're doing or always ask for more, right? Maybe it's not money. Maybe it's, you know, time from somebody. Maybe it's more from the partnership. Maybe it's, you know, more from, you know, whatever friend, what you know, whatever you're asking for. I think I'm a, a big fan of just realizing and lesson learned always ask for more even if it seems uncomfortable and then do you have a specific story of how you then took that lesson and applied it to something else oh um uh not really maybe there's a partnership in the works that eventually we'll be able to talk about that i think i i asked for more (laughs) (laughs) got it i don't think we can talk about it yet oh that's no no don't want to get anything like that but yeah kept in the back of your mind yeah i think there's i mean there's definitely it's always sort of there um is just you know the keep asking like ask because yeah. um, I, I think specifically that that doesn't come natural for women. I think it specifically doesn't come natural for adult women, specifically, you know, a rural in nature. Mm-hmm. You know, they're very sort of self-sufficient and I got this and I don't, you know, I don't really need a lot of other people and I don't need things. And I think that it specifically comes from, you know, an underrepresented and, and sort of this culture. And so I remind myself that it's the same reason why we do profit is that like the example is it's okay to ask. Yeah, yeah, and I love that piece of your story—the <laughs> the example you're setting and the personal attachment you yeah. have. By the way, and, and and again, this that theme keeps coming up over and over again. There's this yep. personal story and personal attachment yeah. for social entrepreneurs, yeah. and and that I think is just so important because it just adds a completely different flavor. It does to, to the types of things that we're it up does. to. Yeah. It's impressive when you hear. I mean, that we we talk a lot about the word diversity, and mm-hmm. in technology, I think that we use the the, the term synonymously with gender right now. Yeah. Um, but when I think about um, diversity, to me, it's those stories. Yeah. Right. It's everyone has a story. Everyone. Um, and we should all be very excited to hear whoever's in front of us and hear their story. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. And that when you mentioned that, that really struck a chord with me because I told you I'd done AmeriCorps and that was a big focus of our program. I worked with people who were Ivy League graduates and people who were pursuing their GED and everyone in between and everyone had something really important to bring to the table. That was diversity. That's diversity diversity of thought. You know, and and then we could talk later about the different kinds of diversity that was there because there was a lot of that too. But first and foremost, just that diversity of thought, diversity of background was so huge and, and so important and added so much to what we did. Yeah, so I loved, I loved that perspective. Yep. Yep. I'm completely Big on the one. same page. Big one. So running a social business, what kind of unique advantages would you say you have? Um, our story. <laughs> right? I actually <laughs> yeah. think that like it's really easy to sort of get somebody's attention um, and generally pretty easy to get the wow Right. Um, that's that's like the fun part. Like, that's what I love is that, um, you know, you tell somebody kind of what you're doing and they're like, oh, wow. Like, that sounds like a really big, hard thing. And, um, yeah, I think that that's our advantage versus, you know, and the reason why we do social entrepreneurship and why it's not just, you know, I created a company to do this or an app to do that or, you know, whatever it might be. And I think that that's probably our biggest advantage. Awesome. Love yeah. that. Love yeah. That. Yeah. What would you say is the biggest challenge you face running a social business? Um, I think the the perception of, of profit and business model. Um, I think definitely is a, is a, is an issue. Uh, people want to, you know, assume that, oh, you know, I heard like the Bush Foundation is giving money out for that. Or, oh, I, I hear that, you know, so and so is doing, you know, XYZ that, that there's money available for that, that kind of programming. Um, and reminding them that those, those types of monies are probably not easily accessible for, for profit. Um, and I think that the perception that, uh, you know, we're either, can, if we're going to earn it, earn it, which is not always is easily set, you know, done as it is said, or, oh, just go and get, there's a lot of like resources available for you. And I think that that's probably one of the things that I consider a big challenge is nobody really knows what, where to put us, mm-hmm. right? Like it sounds nice and it's kind of this one familiar bucket. Oh, but you do something else and there's another bucket. So I think that that's probably one of our, I talk a lot about, you know, business. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you've hit on one of the largest challenges that social entrepreneurs face is that, and that's why I asked that part of why I asked that identity question is because we in society have a lot that we attach to for profit and nonprofit. Social business is kind of coming somewhere in the middle, but people don't always know, you know, how to how to latch that on, and we have yeah. just certain right or wrong, certain preconceptions about yeah. both of those, and that's that's a challenge. It's, that's a, a, challenge it's definitely a challenge for us. I mean, there's a million challenge. I'm, a, you know, I'm a single founder. There's a you know million and one founders, but specifically, the thing that being a social entrepreneur does that sort of creates a challenge is that I say newness, because um, yeah, people just like don't know what to. What to do with us. How to define it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, we'll help them find out sooner rather than later. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. We'll, work, we'll, I agree. Work, we'll work on it. I agree. All right. So one quick sentence. What leads to a successful social venture? In one quick sentence, I get a whole sentence, not even a word. Yeah, okay. Yep, whole this is, this is going to take me some, <laughs> some pondering. What leads to a successful social venture? Um, I think a, a successful social venture um, means that you have done both impact, you've done lead, um, you know, leading and then created other other leading opportunities for people. Um, 
and that it's a permanent change. Mm-hmm. Like that it is a permanent change. I think that you have to, it's, uh, we do a lot of work where we kind of like do one and done sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sustainability, that permanency, um, is big for me. I think that's what makes it successful is that it doesn't just go away. Yeah. I, I love that. I mean, you had some great nuggets right there in that, in that one sense, especially the idea of creating these leadership moments is, is huge. And that permanency is something that I, I know, at least in the nonprofit sector, where I worked for quite a while, something we struggled with. We definitely struggled with, yeah. uh, and and our attention was diverted in lots of different areas, and and that was that was a tough thing. So I I, I love that, yeah, that aspect. Yeah, yeah, and it and it's recently hit me. I was like, oh, like I'll do a class, or I'm interested in a class, um, and I want that permanency. Like I want something to grow and build, and I think it takes a long time to build and snowball into something that's really actually having long standing impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Well, Jen, that closes out the first section. And like I said, just some, some great nuggets there. I love the, you know, the story piece, your story, first of all, but then just the general idea of weaving that story into what we do and, and having that personal connection being so important. And the many other nuggets of wisdom you've shared here in this interview and with me today, this morning, <laughs> I'll be chewing on it for quite a while. I, I told Jen today in about two hours chatting with her, learned more than I have in the last two, three months. Um, so, you know, really appreciative of that. Just <laughs> lots Sorry. of great lessons. No, no, don't I'm Very apologize. good at issuing homework. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have my homework for the next uh, next few days at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it'll, it'll blossom into a lot more, I'm sure, yeah. which is great. Yeah. All great stuff. But no, so great, great first section. So we're moving into the last section here. This is my okay. favorite part. I call it the blitz. It's where I'm going to just throw a lot of quick one-off questions at you and just want to get kind of your insights and some practical tools for Change Nation okay. um, and uh, just link them up with some things that, that they can use, but just kind of kind of get to know you a little bit okay. better. But it'll take just a quick few minutes and then okay. I'll close out by just letting you share anything else you'd like and uh, tell folks how they can reach you. So you ready to get started? I'll try. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. So who's your hero, Jen? Um, my mom. Perfect. By far. Perfect. Perfect. And you talked a little bit about why that is. What's the favorite tool you use right now to grow your organization? Um, coffee. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it is a very, very critical tool. A very critical tool. Best piece of advice you've ever received? Just do it. <laughs> right in there. Yep. Just do it. Just do it. Perfect. Perfect. A fun escape you turn to when social business and the problems of the world get you down. Um, wine with girlfriends. Like there's undoubtedly wine involved. Wine. Got it. So we got wine, we got coffee, and then just do it. Don't really need much more than that. I'm I'm a big fan of this. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Last question of the Blitz. Okay. First thing everyone can do right now to start changing the world. Um, help someone. Call someone that has asked you for help and help them. Yeah. That's Nothing more needs to be said. That's what I love about the Blitz. Nothing more needs to be said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You force people into just quick answers and, and they, get, like they get to the meter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, just help someone. Help we someone. all have somebody in our life, and that's something I put up on my site that's really part of my mantra. Yep. There's always somebody. There's and, always somebody. Yeah. And you talk to somebody who's had their life really significantly impacted, made it out of a situation that was, was tougher. They'll always, almost always come back to, well, there was this one person that did this for me along the way. You know, I've had many of those along my journey too. So yeah, absolutely. Great message. You can always be that person for somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Well, uh, like I said, lots of great nuggets here, Jen, just appreciate you being so generous with your time. Uh, this will be really valuable. It's 
hugely valuable insight for me sure. and definitely valuable for everyone listening. So okay, really sure. appreciate being so generous with your time coming out here to the village to visit us. See, <laughs> see the new Social Change Nation studio just opened sure. up a couple weeks ago, sort of, if you can call it that, I guess. No, it's good. Um, but no, thank you. Uh, we salute you. We appreciate everything that you do. Um, you. I just want to close out by uh, letting you just tell folks how to reach you and yep. anything else you'd like to share. Yeah, so no, uh, thank you. Like This is this is really awesome. I, I always get a lot. It goes back to... Um, that is my safe place is just giving away knowledge. And so it was my pleasure to try to help and like lots of nuggets any way that I can. Um, yeah, um, again, Jen Shaw, you can find me probably the best way is on Twitter uh, at Miss Jen Shaw. Um, that's kind of my safe space. I like things that are concise and 140 characters. Um, you can find Bella Minds uh, at Bella Minds or bellaminds.com. Uh, and for those of you uh, in New York, uh, don't forget that you can also find us with New York Tech Women. So it's at New York Tech Women or techwomen.co. It's the best places for us. Awesome. Sounds good. And Change Nation, as usual, I will put uh, links to everything Jen just mentioned in the show notes page. You can click on that real easily if you want to just click into that. Thanks again, Jen. Thanks. Appreciate your time. No, of course. My Change pleasure. Nation, we'll catch you on the flip side. Well, hey, thanks again for tuning in today. Remember, if you liked this interview, if you've listened this far, we want you to be a part of our community at Social Change Nation. So come over and visit us at socialchangenation.com. Sign on. We will give you a free e-guide, the 10 keys for building a successful cause-based business. These are lessons we've learned from our interviews with social entrepreneurs all over the world. We'd love to have you as a change agent in Social Change Nation. Until next time.